Hey everybody, you're listening to Don't Be Afraid of Your Dreams, the podcast where we talk about the movies we love and the monsters we all face. I'm your host, David Anderson, and today is October 21st, 2020, A Course in Fearicles, Day 21. Well, hello, Carla. Hi, David. Welcome back to the show. Are you ready for round two after our ghost hunting expedition? I am even more excited the second time around. All right. Well, we're having a stay-at-home party this time. We're going to have a slumber party, movie viewing, and we're going to watch the original A Nightmare on Elm Street, which you may have seen before, but if you have, you don't remember. Is that true? That's true. I don't know. I've definitely seen Nightmare on Elm Streets. I just don't know if I've seen the original. So I wanted to pick something that Carla hadn't seen before so we can get a fresh response from someone who's not seen it before. And also to pick something that you guys out there have probably seen a billion times like I have so you can watch it along with us and have a virtual viewing party but not be annoyed potentially by our commentary so we're going to give you a cue to sync up the movie with us so we're going to be watching it without audio so you can have the audio from the movie playing and then us in your ears also if you would like to do that and watch along with us and I actually watched the preview earlier today um just to see if I remembered anything and Nothing looks familiar, so it's quite possible I've never seen this. Well, I'm excited because this is my favorite movie of all time. It's up there with Halloween and a couple of other things that sort of duke it out for number one, but I think this always takes the top spot. If for no other reason, well, there are many reasons, but I have such a long history with the movie and a lot of nostalgia for it that it's a favorite for sure. And this is one of those things that has been with me for so long that the movie is what it is to me. And I just accept it and love it as is, like it's my child. And I watched it at home, you know, for so many years, and it was quite a while before I ever saw it with an audience on the big screen. And the first time I did that, there were people laughing in the audience at certain points because this was made on a shoestring budget in 1984, so it's a small independent film. So the effects sort of betray that. It's a product of its time for sure. And some of the performances are arguably not amazing, particularly, and I hate to say this, particularly Ronnie Blakely as Marge Thompson, the heroine's mother, who is actually an Academy Award nominated actress. She goes a little high camp in this. And again, having grown up watching it as a kid and not seeing it in a theater with other people until I was in my 20s, I just wasn't registering her performance and how unintentionally funny it was until people started laughing. And at first I was incensed, like sitting straight up in my chair, like, what? Are you calling my baby ugly? How dare you? If you don't appreciate this, then just get out. But then, of course, I could kind of get it. But still, it's kind of like a tender, vulnerable, intimate thing for me to share this movie with someone. So it requires a lot of trust. And I feel like you are well within my circle of trust to appreciate this experience. I am honored. And you are one of the few friends I have who loves horror the way that I love horror. I mean, you love horror in a way beyond what I love horror. But I'm excited. Yeah. How many times have you seen it? It's got to be over 100. (gasps) For sure. This is this is my mask. This is this is my the mask. If this is not the movie I've seen the most, it's gotta be up there along with Halloween and Clue, probably. Maybe Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, what else? I don't know. Those are my tops. Maybe aliens are probably the ones I go back to over and over and over again. So this is why I can't make new memories because my brain is full of useless trivia and dialogue from movies I've seen way too many times and also Tori Amos lyrics. So I am full up. That's all I got. 
I saw Alien with you for the first time. Oh yeah, that was so fun. We got to see the arc light. Wow, I know how to curate a good first viewing experience for people. And I remember your reaction too. Like you jumped several times. Carla, by the way, is like the best person to watch a horror movie with or to go to a haunted house with because she will legitimately jump and have a real authentic reaction and be very, very invested in the experience. And I felt like after Aliens, you were like collapsing, breathing heavily in your seat. And you were like, yeah, kind of like talking to yourself. You're That was... That was really scary. Yeah. So let's get into it. All right. We're going to sync up the movie with you guys. And we're going to start. We're watching a version that actually has the original New Line logo, that kind of like red jumping logo, not the sophisticated when they got money sort of flying film frame <laughs> logo. So we're going to start right after whichever version you have. We're going to start right when the screen is black before the opening credits start with the close up of Freddy's feet kind of entering the frame. So we're going to give you a countdown and then we're going to hit play and all watch together. All right. Let's do it. This is like origin story, like how the claws were made. Yes, we're watching Freddy toil away in his boiler room, making his weapon of choice. He's handy. Very. And a heavy breather. Got a little asthma, maybe some allergies. Who can't relate? I never realized it's only four fingers that have the blades. Yeah, there's no blade on the thumb. I love that music. Nothing better than an 80s synth score. It still reminds me of the DJ Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince song, which was one of my favorite songs from my childhood. I loved it and I would play it over and over. You're referring to Nightmare on My Street, I'm assuming. <laughs> I'm your DJ now. <laughs> we have to acknowledge Heather Langenkamp. We didn't applaud for her, who's the star of this movie. And also, in another universe, she and I were meant to be, I think. She is my favorite final girl, for sure. And she, in fact, married a man named David Anderson. So, And her name now is Heather Langenkamp Anderson. So, so much destiny tied in. And we also have to acknowledge the credit was introducing Johnny Depp because this is his first movie. That's incredible. That I did not know. I already like it. This is such a good opening. Walking around a boiler room alone in your nightgown. 
He is a heavy breather, isn't he? Yes. Freddie is a big perv. Nothing if not a perv. Absolutely. I never thought of it like that. What's his problem? <gasps> Great. Our first jump scare within two minutes of the movie starting. Rough night, Ma. <gasps> what did you say? You interrupted our sexing, our love making. <laughs> She wears a full face of makeup before bed. She did not wash her makeup off. Ooh, Carla, do you remember we, you and I went to the shooting location? Carla and I have done several horror filming location photo shoots together. And so we went to this high school, which is actually very close to us. Oh, this is the high school. Where is this? Remind me. Hollywood? Yeah, almost Silver Lake-ish, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Look at Johnny. He's carrying her books. <laughs> Does anyone call a penis a joint? I've never heard it. Twirling lawnmower? Oh, those are his books. I thought he was carrying hers. Do you remember your dreams or have you ever had lucid dreaming where you know you're in a dream? Yes, I have. I've had it a couple of times. Uh, I was in water and I realized it wasn't real and I was able to control the dream. And then I was on a rooftop. It was very trippy. And I had a crystal in the pool with me that was under my pillow while I was dreaming it in real life. So the real life and dream were merging. Have you had it? Oh, my God. You've had like a dream warrior's experience. I've had moments of lucid dreaming, but not where I was able to control and influence my own dream. Mm. Mm, yes. So, Carla, I was a nerd and a goody-goody in high school for sure. I never did anything wrong, and I never even really had the opportunity to make a choice like that. So I never identify with depictions of teenage life in these movies. So I would like to hear a woman's perspective on that, to hear how accurate you think it is and if this at all reflects what your experience was like. I was definitely not sexually active as these 15-year-olds are. 
I definitely did a lot of things in high school. I just, because I was a cheerleader, I got to lie to my parents and tell them I was always going to a cheerleading sleepover, which allowed me a lot of freedom. And yeah, we did all kinds of bad stuff. We would sneak out. We were, we were a little wild. You lived. I really did. I feel like I got the most out of the high school experience. I'm still wowed when I watch this movie and it's a recent, you know, sort of HD master because I grew up watching an old VHS copy that was cropped and dark. It looked like it was like 10th generation. And for this to look so crystal clear and bright like it was just made is still shocking to me. I will never get used to it. I can't even remember what movies looked like when I was a kid. So it was not like this, I take it. Not on tape at home. Yeah, definitely VHS or beta. I knew something was coming. This guy is reminding me of a current teen heartthrob. Hold on. He reminds me a little bit of the guy from the Sarah Burgess is a loser. The cute guy with the curly hair who's really like loud and. He's like teen bad boy. <laughs> Johnny Depp's the good one. Again, they say like in a couple a couple minutes that they're 15 years old. Can you imagine being like, yeah, we'll go go fuck in your mom's bed. Like, God. Especially in the 80s, but I guess in the 80s, I feel like movies were a lot more sexual, right? Weren't they? Movies were a lot more sexual in the 80s. There was a lot more nudity. Mm -hmm. There was a subgenre of boner comedies like Porky's and Meatballs. And You're right. I remember when a movie called Casual Sex came out and I told my dad I wanted to see it. And he was like, ah, no, never. I wanted to rent it from the video store. Is Leah Thompson in that? Yes, Leah Thompson. Casual sex. I love the way you said there was a movie called Casual Sex. You almost said like, how you say, how you say casual sex? <laughs> like, <laughs> How you say casual? <laughs> I have the sex. You have the sex. <laughs> we all have the sex. What is this? Um, it is the sound of their enthusiastic love making. And again, this is making me feel insecure about the way I do it now. This 
definitely was not my high school experience. <laughs> They're like cresting a tidal wave of pleasure in unison. I don't. <laughs> These 15 year olds know their bodies. Gee, he looks like a 30 year old man right here, though. Probably was. <laughs> Probably. Neither of them look 15. Not even close. Gross. Jungle Man with Jane. <laughs> I don't want to brag, but in 1991, I was the grand prize winner of the Freddy's Dead, the Final Nightmare phone-in trivia challenge. <laughs> and you had to answer trivia questions on your touchtone phone. And it was timed, so I was getting all like stressed out and anxious. And I remember to this day sitting on the phone, and that was one of the questions. In the original Nightmare, Tina says to Rod, Jungle Man fix who? And I had to type in Jane on my no. touchstone phone. Oh, my God, the pressure. <laughs> and you won? I won. I won that shit. I entered three times because you had to get all the questions right to then be entered into a drawing, a random drawing. And the woman called me from like whatever company was doing the sweepstakes to tell me I had won and I was like 11 or whatever at the time. I lost my mind. She was laughing on the phone at me like she is telling me I had won a million dollars. Oh my God. What did you actually win? I won the first five movies on deluxe VHS cassette tape. <laughs> the Freddy's Dead soundtrack on my choice of cassette or CD. And I picked compact disc, of course. I was like, give me that new technology. And a complete set of Freddy's Dead trading cards in deluxe collectible cardboard coffin. Oh my God, that would make you lose your mind as an 11-year-old. I also saw Freddy's Dead in the theater three times, maybe four. And one time my mom and I just went because she was like, this is like an event, this final Nightmare on Elm Street movie, which didn't end up actually being the final Nightmare on Elm Street movie. And I like kind of want to understand why like you love this so much and why it's so important to you. So like, let's go see Freddy's Dead. So I took my mom to see Freddy's Dead in the theater. She put on her 3D glasses and everything. Oh, it was the 3D one? The finale was in 3D, yeah. That I do remember going to see in the movie theater too. And that was such a cutting edge new thing, right? Yeah. What year was that? 1991. Oh, my God. That's a tooth. Ooh. Lodged in the glass. I missed that. Who do you think you are? That is creepy. What is that, though? So simple, it's just a piece of spandex. Like, what's it supposed to be, though? Her wall? Her ceiling? Yes, the wall behind her bed, and Freddie kind of pressing through. Mm, gross. Still effective, looks so cool. And in the remake, it's all crazy CGI, like swirling wallpaper that looks like a garbage cartoon. You know, sometimes less is more. That really did look creepy. Mm, she put her cross up for protection. Smart. She put her cross up. That's something I would do. It couldn't hurt. I remember we would do that when we would travel to Jamaica as a kid. We would put a cross on the hotel room door. My mom would do that to protect us. It's like, well, I'm not sexually active, but a condom couldn't hurt. <laughs> Better wear one to the store just in case. <laughs> Ooh. There's a random Bob's a big boy in the window. Oh, there figure. is. I was thinking of Bob's Big Boy earlier. 
She's a fan, as are you and I. <laughs> they have the best ranch dressing. That's what I was thinking. The only thing Tina loves more than an orgasm is a big boy combo. <laughs> Why would you go outside? Why would you ever go outside? To be fair, it's a dream. Maybe oh, she's not totally in control. Okay, okay. I like what she's wearing. Boyfriend shirt? The classic boyfriend shirt. Short sleeve. Cute haircut also. <gasps> oh my God. That is truly scary. Okay. Have you had dreams where you're trying to run and you cannot run? Like you're in like you're in sludge. Absolutely, pretty frequently. Me too, frequently. He is a psycho. Safe to say. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <gasps> He's not helping. Oh, God. Whoa. Okay, I have not seen this. Oh. This seems really advanced. I guess not. Maybe exorcists had already done this kind of stuff. This is crazy. <sighs> yeah, rotating room. Very effective. I still find that very disturbing and violent, even, you know, almost 40 years later. That scene? Yeah. Absolutely. Whoa. Oh, my God. Yeah. God, Heather's got that big hair. He'd be traumatized. Oh. <gasps> We also went to this police station, do you remember, which in real life is a library. Yes. Also kind of Silver Lake area, right? Yep. And that is Joseph Whip, I believe, as the other officer. And he also plays a police officer, a sheriff in Scream. The guy in the front? That's John Saxon. The guy in uniform is Joseph Whip. Oh, he's in Scream? Yep. He plays a police officer in Scream, also directed by Wes Craven. And John Saxon died pretty recently, so. Are all the screams directed by Wes Craven? Yes. Wow.
All right. Now, based on what I said at the beginning about Ronnie Blakely's performance as Marge, Nancy's mom here, Carla, let me know what you think. Okay. She's Academy Award winning. Nominated. Nominated. Not for this. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's her dad? She has great hair. Oh. They're blaming the boyfriend, of course. That is the first line that gets a big laugh, usually with an audience. Her mother saying, maybe you don't think murder is serious. Okay, Carla, question. So just based on what you've seen so far or maybe what you remember from the other movies, who would you say Freddie is and what his motivation is? Like, what's going on here? I was just thinking that. I was thinking it's interesting this starts without giving us any backstory is what the hell is this guy's problem? What happened to him? I have to think some. I don't know. Maybe the only thing I can think of, he was rejected by women in the past and so he's back to seek some sort of revenge. He's definitely like a creepy pervert. Her eyes are so blue. And she drinks coffee. So is Freddie the original incel? Is that what you're saying? He was rejected by women and he's taking out his frustration now? Oh my gosh. And wants sexual redistribution. It's a theory. That is a theory. <laughs> Don't you miss the 80s? I miss them so much. We didn't even know how good they were. So lucky to have lived in them. So innocent. I am such a nerd and I've seen this movie so many times that I know that there was originally a sound cue there to go with the jump scare when he pops out of the bushes and grabs her. And for some reason, on a recent remaster, it was dropped. So I always expect to hear that sound effect, and it's not there. Like a dun! Something. Yeah, okay. yeah. Ooh. Does he still have blood on his hands? It looks like it. Yes, he does. Barefoot, blood on his hands. <gasps> oh. <gasps> Dead end. Ooh. Oh. Mm, player got played. She just dropped her. Oh, I thought she dropped her bag. Player got played. 
true. Do you remember something about Mary? Yes. Like Magda, the crazy tan lady. That's her. That's her. Oh, my God. I saw that movie not that long ago. She also stars in Insidious, a recent horror franchise. I don't know if you've seen any of those, but. Love those. Who is she? She's Elise, the psychic, the medium. The older lady? Oh, wow. Yes. I was thinking that lady got lucky. She's like really had her career going for years now. I didn't realize it was her. I actually love the Insidious franchise. I think they're f super fun. But my favorite thing about them is that they're a star vehicle for a woman who's essentially like a superhero in her 70s who anchors that whole film franchise. It's pretty cool. Exactly. That's what I love, too. Did I say 70s? Maybe 60s. I'm not so sure. Sorry, Lin Shay. You look great. <laughs> you look great. Did your high school hallways look like that? Well, I grew up in California, as you did too. We did not, I never went to an indoor school, an indoor school with hallways. It was always, you know, facing out. So this seems very almost glamorous to me and other, <laughs> otherworldly to have enclosed school hallways. So your lockers were out in the open air? Yep. What? Oh, God. Who is Freddy? We don't know his name at this point. I love you so much, Carla, for this. I remember at one point years ago, we were talking or I was talking about Psycho. And that is one of those things where you feel like you're just born into the world knowing the story of Psycho and who the killer ends up being. And just like in passing, I said something about like, oh, you know, Norman Bates' mother, blah, blah, blah. You were like, wait, what? I haven't seen it. And I was like, sorry to spoil this movie from 1960 that everyone in the world knows the ending to. A Babe in the Horror Woods. That is true. I remember that too. Oh my gosh. Jaws is a shark? I knew there was a shocking twist in Psycho. I just didn't know he was dressing up like the mom and he is the one who, yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know. Uh. Also, Liberace was gay. <laughs> Back in the boiler room. Oh, he was burned in the boiler room. He was burned at the gym in school. You're getting closer. Oh, that was gross. 
That's a nightmare. That makes me feel nervous. Opening curtains and it being a wall is literally a nightmare of mine. Unlike most of the other slashers, Freddy isn't about efficiency and just sort of disposing of his victims. He really likes to torment and play with them first. He does. He really gets off on slowly dragging it all out. Getting all your senses. Ew! Oh, God. Did you ever get sick or have a traumatic accident at school and have to get picked up in the middle of the day by your parents? Yes, I projectile vomited in church in second grade. I told the teachers I wasn't feeling well. I told them they even took my temperature. I had a high temperature and they thought I was, I guess, good enough to go to church. And I vomited in the church and all over myself and my parents came and picked me up so that's what they get that's a good story maybe i can match you oh projectile vomit's pretty good though not just regular vomit projectile vomit in sixth grade i came down with some kind of stomach flu something i don't think i've maybe ever been that sick except for when i had pneumonia a few years later so i went to the office i was like my mom's got to come pick me up like i'm really really not doing well i'm gonna try to hold it together and i made it right till she got there before I crapped my pants. No. (laughs) What grade? Sixth grade. (laughs) So you were in the nurse's health office, right? You didn't have to like, you didn't. I wasn't even in the nurse's office. I was like in the front office sitting in like the lobby waiting for my mom to pull up. And I was like, please just get here. Please just get here. Please just get here. I can't stand up. I'm going to have to run out to the car. Uh." (laughs) What did you do? I had the bridesmaids moment where I was like, it's happening. It's happening. You can't, you can't stop it. You just surrender. I surrendered. (laughs) Surrender. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh, I feel so bad for you right now. That is, uh, at that age, that's really, but no one ever knew, right? No, no one saw me. Like no other kids saw me. Thank God. I know. Oh, thank God. Only like the office person and they were, they were cool. Okay. Uh-oh. Did Wes Craven originate this? 
Yes, he did. Written and directed by. Wow. I wonder how he came up with this whole world. Well, I can answer that for you if you would like in some regard. Yes, I want to know. I really do. Did we go to that house? Yes, we did. Hollywood. Right? Hollywood. What's your dream? Welcome to Hollywood. But it's a red door, right? Yes, it is. Yes. I like that house. Is that where she's living, supposedly? Yep. Okay. Is this sing-song rhyme all from this movie? Yes, it is. God, this was such a big impact. I remember this being sung on the playground at school. It does? I wonder if that does happen all the time. We're going to have to check Snopes to debunk. We are. It always makes me want an inflatable shell pillow for the tub. Good 80s music. I'm such a dork. Something about the way she says that is so like vulnerable and sad to me. It makes me want to hug her. I just slipped getting out of the the tub. I know. You can't believe that. The way she said it. There's so much emotion and innocence. Now the mom's saying hundreds of people die a year from falling asleep in the tub. She's spiraling a little bit. Excedrin placement. Have you ever taken those pills, like those stay awake pills? I have not, but I have a screen accurate uh, recreation of that bottle in a drawer here. (laughs) That's not a real brand, but... That you made that? I bought it from someone who made it. That's genius. No Dose was the, the one... I remember. No, I never experimented with caffeine pill addiction after seeing the cautionary tale of Jesse Spano on Saved by the Bell. (laughs) She kind of looks like Johnny Depp. Do you see that? Like her face and her hair color and like 
Don't they look similar faces? I can see that. God, that would be my ultimate fantasy if this became a VC Andrews crossover and we find out they're siblings. They have like the same eyebrows, same hair coloring, similar face structure. This is such a cute house. Not the same mouth. He is so skinny. Slim frame, slim hipped. I never looked like that. I was always husky, built like a Mack truck. He is very slim. I think this is the slimmest I've ever seen him. Yes. I don't know. Do you believe in the boogeyman? No. Do you believe dreams can be prophetic? Sure. Yeah, I think so. I've had sort of prophetic dreams before, but it's never anything really that useful. Tell me one. Well, I guess this could have been useful and kind of <laughs> preventative. I had a dream about my grandmother breaking her arm, and she did. She like slipped at the gas station and broke her arm. How in advance before it happened? I don't know. I was a kid. A few days, maybe? That's crazy, David. That is really crazy. Oh, my God. That's weird. I also had a dream about my friend at the time, um, Angela, being at a party at my parents' house and us having a specific conversation in the dream. And, so, and I told her about it. I was like, I had this weird dream that you were at my house and we were talking and like my parents were having a party. And months, months later, it was the 4th of July and she came and we were sitting by the pool and I had that moment. And I was like, this is that dream that I had. This is the conversation that we had. And I knew that I wasn't crazy because I had told her before when I had the dream. It's not like I was like, oh, I just remembered months ago that I had this dream. Anyway. And was the conversation the same? Do you remember? Yeah, it was. No. But again, it was like it was nothing important. It was like a matter of fact. And I'm like, why is this like the beam that I get from the future? Why not? David, th these are bananas. That is so crazy. I need to hone my psychic powers, I think. You clearly have them. That is crazy. It makes me wonder if it's just like parallel timelines and that was that had happened in your dream and you just caught up to it. You know, I wonder because that's that is it is such a random thing. It's like, why? Why would that be the yeah, the psychic lead that you get? Yeah. Well, we're going to launch into a discussion of quantum mechanics and string theory. So <laughs> dreams are such a trip. I mean, this whole movie is all about dreams and all the crazy stuff. Nightmares, nightmares. I haven't had a nightmare in a long time. I don't think so. Is that the police station? Yep. Mm -hmm, I remember it.
we did a photo shoot right here at the window, right? Looking into the window? Sure did. Oh my God, now I know why. Yup, I struck that pose, hanging onto the bar. <laughs> totally. And this is shot, obviously, to make it look like she's looking down on him in his cell, but it's actually a library, like we said. And there were old people playing cards right on the other side of the, of the window when we were there. And I was just staring in at them and they were like, what is this guy doing? I will suffer and humiliate myself for my art. I don't care. It was worth it. Very Virgin Mary. Very. Ew, that's disgusting. Oh, God, that's gross. Oh, God. That's it. That's the nightmare. Oh. Jeez. Oh, God. He is so nasty. My parents had that bed frame. You fell asleep. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. 
I watched this not too long ago, actually, with someone else who'd never seen it before. And it's always interesting to have that perspective again with a movie that I've seen so many times. And it's almost like meditation for me. Like when I watch it, I'm not really paying attention to me. It's like, you know, dolphin song. But he was commenting on how sexual it is. And he even used the word rapey. He's like, God, he's like always in their beds and attacking them. And again, I never really experienced it as sexual before but it absolutely is of course and it seems so obvious once you say it it's true it's like in that scene he's like on top of her in her bed he could just kill her he could just slice her but he's rolling in the bed with her it's very like he's nasty handsome that guy yeah john saxon was a looker i didn't know i don't know who this guy is there he is did they remake this first one yes is that the one that i am thinking of where she's running on the freeway is that the remake of this first one no that's Wes craven's new nightmare that's part seven Oh, that's a continuation of the story? Because this seems familiar, the the moving sheet, like. There are many nods to this original in that movie. I don't think the sheet is one of them, but. Okay, okay. Oh, God. Do you know what year A New Nightmare came out? 94. What? I saw that in the theater. It was, part of the marketing was that it was the 10-year anniversary of this movie. And that seemed like a long time at that point. Whoa. We also went to the cemetery. We had a big day. We had a lot of the locations. What cemetery is this? Is it the... No, not... Oh, yes. I remember this part. Where is it? Do you remember? It was close to downtown, I think. Oh, my gosh. I remember that little stone building.
Are they still married? In the movie? Unclear. I believe they are, but separated. Oh, okay, because they're not very lovey, dovey. Katya Institute. I love this Pat Benatar nurse so much. <laughs> Her feathered 80s hair. Ugh. It is feathered, super feathered. That is quite the haircut. <laughs> we have to point out the poster with the crazy cat <laughs> on the cable car in the background in the doctor's office. With a Hawaiian shirt on. He's on vacation. <laughs> Five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> Margaritaville. Wasting away that cat is. Oh, my God. God, remember when you could smoke anywhere you wanted? She's smoking? I don't remember that being a, in the 80s. Still in the 80s? That's crazy. I can still picture as a little kid seeing people smoke on airplanes and there being ashtrays in malls. That I remember. I remember smoking on uh, airplanes and restaurants, of course, too. The smoking section. Ashtrays on the table. So disgusting now when you think of it. If you're not careful as an actor, sort of agitation and trying to hold in your anxiety and fear can also read as horniness. Wait, what made you say that? I'm watching Ronnie Blakely oh. and she's like kind of grinding in her seat a little bit, looking worried, but also like slightly turned on for some reason. <laughs> and it was the same thing in the, early, the scene before this when Nancy was describing Freddie and they clearly like recognized who she was talking about, but she was almost like, mm, yeah, Freddie, oh God, red and green sweater, that does sound good. That's hot. How tight is it? I think you're right. I, I think it has to do with her tan though and her makeup kind of amps up and those eyes she does have bedroom eyes she really does whoa don't do that to her yeah What? Whoa. 
He wears an old fedora. What kind of outfit? Such an 80s house. I love it. No. How would she know? Oh. Oh, her mom is gaslighting. Mama got a drinking problem. Wes Craven has Wes Craven. I don't know why I said it like that. How you say Wes Craven <laughs> has said that all the other characters, aside from our resourceful heroine Nancy, who's aware of what's going on and has her wits about her, they're all numbing themselves through various vices, numbing themselves to reality. So her mother has a drinking problem. Mm -hmm. Glenn likes to eat, as he is here. Tina was a little bit of a sex addict, apparently, but they all have their ways of escaping reality while she's facing what's actually going on. Is the dad a workaholic? Let's go with that. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? I can't believe Johnny Depp's vice is food. And he's so skinny. It's not fair. He'd be that guy in Tinder who's like, my, ho my hobbies are carbs. <laughs> If this is a real book, I want to find a copy somewhere. Is it? That'd be amazing. 
I've actually looked for it. <laughs> what a badass. I I'm into survival. Just thinking that. You can see in her, you can see the clarity in her eyes. Everyone around her is all on their substance and she's sober, clear-minded, and they're trying to tell her no, Nancy. And I love how she just told her mom, "Wake up, woman." Is this their house with the bars? Yep. Oh. All right, we're going to get Freddie's backstory here in a minute. Do you have any final guesses before we confirm? Okay, the mom knows who he is. So maybe someone she went to school with and they did some mean thing, like locked him in the school basement and he burned himself. And now he wants revenge on the children of all the people he went to school with. Close. That would be an even more 80s plot line. Some, it's kind of like prom night, what you're describing almost. Ooh, okay. I can't wait to find out. <laughs> if i were ever going to audition for something and i might you don't know yeah this is the monologue about to be delivered in stunning fashion by ronnie blankley that i would audition with oh i would pay to see you do this monologue you probably know it by heart huh yeah and also you don't have to pay <laughs> but donations will be accepted deal Mm. Wow. So he's just a straight up child murderer. That's is that as is that as far of the backstory we get for him? In this one, yeah. Oh, there's more in others? Yes, it gets increasingly ridiculous, but that's, you know, that's the gist. And it's certainly implied in this movie, but as originally written, they specified that he was a child molester as well as killer, but in the 80s that was too much for people, so they dialed it back a little bit. Oh, originally, that's how it was written? 
that's not good. Child murderer. What's the longest you've ever been without sleep? Hmm, one full night. I think so, me too, and I thought I was dying. <laughs> According to this, we should look it up. At the time, the Guinness World Record was 11 days. At this point, if I don't get a solid 12 hours of sleep, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> a night. I've definitely done all-nighters when I was younger, like high school and 20s. But yeah, if I get six hours even, I feel the next day all achy and old. Oh. Yeah. Don't fall asleep. A testament to the power and presence of this movie that you knew when that line was coming, having never seen it before. Yes, because it's also in the DJ Jazzy Jeff Fresh Prince song. So he says that to him. Jeff, 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 whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Ubiquitous. Is that a... No, that's a computer. No, that's a TV. Oh, the 80s. The ladies of the 80s. She's a coffee pot on top of her TV. They're really pushing. There's the stay awake in the background, right there in the foreground. Caffeine is not that effective. Sure isn't. She would need some other stimulant. She got to do a bump. Exactly. Oh. Is that his mom? Yep. What's his dad look like? You'll see. Oh, good. He's a creep. Oh. He's like my nightmare vision of a father. Oh, I got to see this. Can I get you anything else? Just the check? Okay. <laughs> she was a stage actress at one point. Her, mo her movements are very exaggerated and kind of sweeping, like everything as I open this door and enter the scene. Very much Will of Fortune. There's more coffee.
Have you ever or do you take off a shirt like that where you crisscross both arms in front of you and go over your head? Never. Only in the movies. I mean, it looks great, but what a lot of work. I just yank it by the collar, usually gets stuck. I'm like, "Eh, hang on, I'll be right with you. It does look really sexy when they have a guy do that in a movie. And putting it on arms first. That too. Arms first. What? You know when they put their arms first and then they put it over their head? Okay. (laughs) You mean... (laughs) As opposed to like swaddling yourself as like an armless torso and then you kind of shoot your arms through after the shirt is already pulled down over your head. As opposed to putting it over your head and then putting your arms in. They gather it up and then they put an arm, arm, and then they take it and whip it over their head. It's like to show all their abs in motion. It makes them look all sexy. They do that in movies. No one does that in real life, right? Now that we're talking about it, I'm like, how do I get dressed? Am I even doing it right? I don't. When you Next time you put on a t-shirt it's head first i don't even want to be taking off my own clothes if i'm with a gentleman caller like make yourself useful oh my god Mom is an alcoholic. Okay, and she is wearing like a members only jacket, huh? It's pretty sweet. I love it. Oh, I'm loving the style of all this. Love that jacket. We had that phone. You did? I'm pretty sure that's the exact phone I used to win the Freddy's Dead Trivia Challenge. That blue one? No, oh. this one. This gross topy boxy one. <laughs> About what? Isn't that dad awful? I'm just trying to figure out how these two people made Johnny Depp. He looks like an abusive pig man. I just can't. (laughs) He reminds me of my ex-fiance. Stop it. I'm not kidding you. I'm not even kidding you, David. You dodged a bullet. I truly did. Just his energy there where he said, you got to be strict with them. The whole energy. Bye. He had big pig energy? He had big pig angry energy. I want that jacket. Could have plugged it back in. Oh, yeah. He's a pervert. 
And see, the rules have already gotten a little fuzzy here. Is she sleeping now? At what point can Freddy sort of cross over into our reality if you're not dreaming? Yeah, that's that's the thing. She's definitely dreaming now, right? I'm assuming. Well, the ways the way the rules have been established, she'd have to be, but... Oh, from the inside? Can I just say, it used to seem funny and ridiculous when a phone ringing was used as a jump scare or even to create tension in a movie. It's like, oh, come on, the phone rings all the time. But now that they don't, really, my parents still have a landline that they do not answer, and it's just like spam calls. So it's not very often, but when the phone rings you throughout the house, I actually jump, and I'm like, good God, what is that racket? Oh, it's the phone. I believe it. It's the alarm, instant alarm. Ooh, that's cool. Oh, no. Ew! Oh, my God! I have never seen this movie. This is gross! Oh, God. Oh! <gasps> Oh, my God. Jeez. Is Wes Craven still alive? No, he isn't. How old was he when he was doing this stuff? He's probably approaching 40, okay. maybe. I would think in his 30s. Okay. Maybe older. Maybe he was in his 40s already. When did he die? A while ago? Four or five years ago. What was his last movie? I think it was My Soul to Take. Not very good. Aw, Okay. Is he wearing a toupee, you think? He absolutely is. Oh, he is. Okay. Might have actually been Scream 4. Really? That movie I really loved. Yeah, he died in 2015 at the age of 76. Oh, okay. Yep, Scream 4 was his last movie. I saw that in the theater and I really enjoyed it.
jumped a lot in that one. might be my favorite sequence i don't know the score is so good but what i love about nancy well one of the many things as a final girl heroine she has a plan she's gonna face the monster head on live or die everything has bipped everything has been ripped away from her she's got nothing left to lose whereas in most horror movies mm. they kind of get the sense that something is happening but they don't know exactly what it is until kind of you know the last act of the movie when all the dead bodies start showing up and they're caught unawares in a big chase scene, but she's going in for the fight. She is going in for the fight. I know. She's so prepared. Doing this all on her own, too. Well, she didn't even break down after her boyfriend. No time for that. Apparently none. Marge Thompson needs to express herself. She's a frustrated artist. She has her easel in the background. <laughs> with no, um, what's that thing called? That you paint canvas. With? No, with no canvas. I think she works in pastels or charcoal. <laughs> Watercolor. <laughs> no. Nightcap? Jeez, she carries that bottle with her. I would say this as a child. Did you? Me too. Said it every night. Yep. It's really kind of scary. Kids don't like going to bed anyway. And then if you actually give them like a prayer poem to recite that references their possible impending death, like, well, every nap is a brush with <laughs> brush with the Grim Reaper. I know. I don't remember being scared by it, but it, it is such a weird thing to recite before bed. 
She is a badass with her arm swatch on. Her wild, uncombed hair. Battle slippers. Yep. love a movie basement an art directed movie basement i mean where else do you put your big game kills your mounted fish and your dogs playing poker prints that dog playing pokers that was that was really popular though great styling in this movie is this the basement of the basement oh now she's in the boiler room This is how you go into hypnosis. You always have to walk down a staircase. Is she in all of them? Is she in all the movies, this lady? One, three, and seven. Also, her name is Heather Langenkamp, this lady. Ah, this lady. I remember her from just the 10 of us. Yeah, Marie. Yes, I love that show. Doing it the best we can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jesus. And she's got the gray streaks in her hair now. She's a badass.
god. Oh my god. even make pajamas anymore i mean i'm sure they do but yes i love pajamas i'm wearing pajamas right now God. Oh. Weaponized coffee. <laughs> oh, here's her plan. <gasps> she made that whole. Um. Yes. I can't believe the mom locked her in like that. I'm such an easy mark. The way she says, don't let him kill me, too, is so sad to me. I just like, oh. She's a good actress, right? The inflection in her voice, you feel it. Oh, God. Ooh. Can't she just stab him when he was on the ground? She's good. That too. Help me, Daddy, please. She's like strong, but like young. That she calls him Daddy. Ooh. He can dish it out, but he can't take it. She's playing on his trauma now. She is playing on his trauma, playing on it. Oh. oh. Come on. Come on.
Uh-oh. Oh. <gasps> oh my god. Ugh! <gasps> Farewell. No, David. No, that's horrible. That's interesting. She calls her mother. Not affectionate, is it, mother? Yeah, compared to compared to daddy. Hello, mother. tumultuous relationship with her mother. She's okay. No. Don't take care of business. Woo! She don't take no breaks. She is self-actualized. Ain't nobody gonna help me. She is. Independent woman. Does that look sexual to you? Yes. <laughs> like penis-y condom -y? Yes, penis in condom. Giant penis. Take back your power, girl. Damn. Sobriety onesie. <laughs> It can't be this good, huh? Nope. Nice car. 
Uh. Not the ending as originally intended. They were just supposed to drive off, but Bob Shea, the producer, insisted that they leave it open for a sequel and kind of add that tag, which completely undermines everything that Nancy just accomplished. But nevertheless, we'll consider her victorious. Wait, so what was the ending supposed to be? I can't believe that's the ending. <laughs> just that initial conversation that they had, and they really did just drive off down the street. Ha happy ending. Oh, oh, without the... Okay. No way. Smart, though, to leave it open-ended. Woo, what a ride. All right, what'd you think? Oh, I really liked it. I really liked it. I don't think I've ever seen that. And I love I love that she's such a heroine. I love that. And she's the sound mind one. I just, I love the deeper message, and I love all the 80s looks, the style, the fashion, the home. That was really good. That was good. That was entertaining. I liked it. I'm very pleased with your response, and I... How do you feel it holds up? It seemed like you were pretty invested and you were buying into it. Like, obviously, some of the effects look dated and sort of, you know, belie the budget, but... But it's still... I don't know. It's always the... I think it's a scary premise. I like little things like, you know, like she opens the curtains and it's a wall. Like, I like things that make you feel trapped and then she's in the staircase and she can't move and you think he's behind her and then he's in front of her. I like all that stuff. I feel like that does hold up so you don't really... Need all the fancy like bells and whistles. Ingenious premise, very sophisticated. And very well executed. A lot of subtle touches, kind of like you're saying, that really play up that feeling of being trapped in a nightmare. Mm -hmm. And the gory, like the dying in bed, <laughs> like all of the death bed scenes are horrific and they're disgusting. They're gross. All right. Well, that was super fun. Nothing beats a horror movie slumber party. Did you have any memorable slumber parties as a teenage girl? As, a, as the little brother to a teenage girl, I was always so jealous of the idea of a lady slumber party. It always sounded so fun. And like it was, you know, all sorts of forbidden stuff was going on. Like I always wanted to play light as a feather, stiff as a board and go TP people's houses. That seemed like the coolest thing you could possibly do at the time. And I think aside from my sort of ingrained love of horror, a lot of these movies were on my radar at a much earlier age than they would have been because my sister was six years older and this was the kind of like contraband material that they had for their slumber party. So I always remember them talking about watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre and all that stuff. So I was like, ooh, I need to get my hands on these movies too. I want to be one of the cool kids. I remember going to stay at Summer Quistapachi's house and her mom was a, I, I don't know if she was a divorcee, but she was a single mom. So that was also like new, going to Summer's house, Staying with her and her mom, and we watched the Amityville Horror House one. The Amityville Horror, uh-huh. Yes. Like the Amnesty International <laughs> Hellscape. That was terrifying. That was so scary. That must have been 1987, I think. 
because I feel like I was nine, maybe I was 10, somewhere like that. We had chicken and dumplings for dinner and then we watched the Amityville Horror House and her mom fell asleep. So it was me and Summer and Summer kept falling asleep. And I was like, oh no, 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 you are not going to leave me watching this alone in your house. I don't even know your house. And it was two stories. I was like, "Uh uh-uh. I love that you remember exactly what you ate. I would too. Yes, it's one of the, it was the first time I'd ever had dumplings. (laughs) It was delicious. Well, I'm willing to make broad sweeping generalizations and say something like children today are all entitled monsters who are unimpressed by anything. And I think there are a couple reasons for that. Let's blame social media. But we had to work really hard for these experiences. You couldn't just stream whatever you wanted at the touch of a button. You had to get a copy from someone or you had to get your parents to get it. There was effort involved and you appreciated it. Not everything was so accessible. And all of these things were like a rite of passage. So I agree. And I remember in my house, because my siblings are much older than me, but when Jaws came out, not being allowed to watch Jaws, like, don't don't go in the den because my brothers were going to watch it. And I snuck into the living room and peeked around the corner. And then when I was in swimming lessons, I refused to jump off the diving board because I was afraid that Jaws was going to be in the swimming pool. So it was good reason that they wouldn't let me watch it. But it made it all the more enticing. I had to see what my, my older brothers were going to be watching that they were, like, scared to watch. Of course. You want what you can't have. Yes. And you want to be, again, if you have older siblings or older cousins or something, you like you want to be part of their inner circle And have that bonding experience or like be listening to what they're listening to or watching what they're watching. So Yeah, and there were just so many. I feel like there were so many good horror films, like the age of, let's say, like six to 16, like the Candyman thing and Chucky. There were just there was always some new horror film that was being released that was kind of fun in junior high to go to the actual movie theater and watch. What I would like to know is I I think the answer is no, I'm willing to say. But has anyone managed to create something like these let's say 80s franchises, like the biggies, like Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, that have this kind of staying power and where they actually created icons that everyone knows who they are, even if they've never seen the movie. Like everyone knows who Freddy is. Even like my mom, when I played trivia with her, she knew Jason, Friday the 13th. Like these things are just sort of pervasive. They're part of the zeitgeist. Has anyone in the past 10, 20 years, maybe even longer, managed to make something that really resonated with people like this. Everything just seems so disposable now. Are there movies that came out when my niece and nephews, for example, were the age I was when I saw this, that they're going to be watching 20 years from now? I don't think that's the case. You mean in the, like, in sort of like the horror genre specifically or just... Yeah, I mean, either way, but specifically horror. I don't think so either. I kind of feel like it's sort of like um, pop stars, like how we could have Michael Jackson and Madonna. You could have these huge mega pop stars we could have supermodels back then because it was like it was more like rarity and now because of social media and everyone has access to everything and everyone can make everything and everything's just so and they're streaming and there's all the network i feel like there's it's not even possible to make something like that anymore that people would have the attention span to focus on long enough to make it something where it would like would stand the test of time i don't think it's really possible to have that kind of it doesn't seem like it you're right and i think that has to be part of the reason there's so much competing for our attention, Mm -hmm. right? So things don't stick with you. And it's difficult to create a cultural phenomenon, if you will. That one movie that everyone sees, like was the last thing that really checked that box Titanic? I do remember that. I feel like there has to have been something since then, though. Maybe Avatar? Was Avatar like that? Close. Yeah, uh, that's up there, I guess. Both James Cameron movies, of course. right. Yeah, that was a big one. Star Wars, but that's, you know, an older franchise. But I still love getting swept up in that, even 
even though I am not a Star Wars fan, I don't have a connection to it. It doesn't mean anything to me. I love how excited other people get about it. And I love going to see a big event film and having that communal experience, even if I don't have a particular attachment to it. Harry Potter. That's the only one that I would say. It's more magical than... But it still has that other element than just regular day-to-day life. I feel like that was the other one that kind of withstands the test of time and everyone knows. That's a good point. Are we willing to say the book certainly, but at what point do films become classic? That is one of the rare franchises that's always on TV now. It's always being played. I guess everyone kind of knows who Harry Potter is, even kids now that the books aren't being published anymore. I feel it's a classic. I think that one stands the test of time. Yeah, because I've watched... It even more recently and it's still those are those are some good movies and just it's a whole world i feel like that's the last time that that happened all right fair point but again horror seems trickier you know insidious which we mentioned is a successful franchise the conjuring those movies are all fun and there's that whole conjuring universe if you will with annabelle and all the Mm spinoffs but unclear if those will have this kind of staying power like in 30 years will annabelle be the equivalent of chucky Like everyone will know who Annabelle is, even if they've never seen the movie. Yeah, no, no, it's not the same thing. You're right. Yeah, it's like the characters aren't as identifiable, like where they stand alone, like how Freddy does. It's not like that. It's the franchise. I feel like those movies, they do. They're actually just like good horror films. So people are enjoying it, but it's not going to have like like how I knew the song. The one, two, Freddy's coming. Everyone was singing that in the schoolyard and Freddy was a character. It's just like a song with DJ Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince. There was just so much. It was like such a huge part of life at that time, the 80s. It's like really hallmark i forget how big how big that was it was crazy and kind of like the simpsons like freddie had albums merchandise t-shirts i to this day i don't know why it's in the trunk of my car but it is i have a freddie doll that you know freddie was marketed to kids Mm -hmm. at a certain point and i have one of those dolls with a pull string on the back where freddie quips and talks to you and it's like oh let's give our child this freddie doll to sleep with a toy modeled after a child molester slash murderer great I know. And I also wonder, I guess it's also partially why, because the fact that this was marketed to kids, like that wouldn't happen now, right? In a weird way, it's like kids are more desensitized to all this stuff. But yet, in terms of like marketing and movie making, they would never make something like this for kids. Parents are more sensitive and children are far less sensitive, it seems like. True, true, true. All right. Well, thanks, Carla. This is fun. We should do this again. I hope some of you out there synced up the movie with us and had a watch. If there's something else you think we should watch or you want to watch with us before or after Halloween, we can keep this going. You don't have to limit your horror intake to Halloween season. Then reach out to me and let me know. And I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. This show is an Unreliable Narrator production. For more information, visit unreliablenarrator.org.